This week, a documentary about ghosts and reality. Is it gonna be cringe? Nah, it's not terrible, but it's not perfect either. And what about the ghost stuff? Now, you're gonna assume I'm being flaky. I know I promised you before, and I guess you can call me a liar. In fact, yeah, call me a liar right now if it makes you feel better. Did it? Okay, good. Because, yes, I, I, I keep flip-flopping. I guess it's good I'm not a politician. I keep flip-flopping on the name of the podcast. And, you know, Ghostly History is a good name, and it's good for, um, what is it, uh, like SEO, search engine optimization, all that. It just didn't feel right. And I guess the first thing I'll state in my defense is that any business that you get into, any type of venture at all, whether you're trying to make money or not, it has to feel right. And the only way you can know that it feels right is if you try it. So you got to try, you got to do some action, and you got to fail, and you got to change, and then you got to try, and you got to fail, and you got to change. And then you just keep repeating this over and over again. And then eventually you're going to find something that works. You're going to fall into this, this, this space that you will only arrive to is if, you, if you've learned for your failures in the past. So a lot of people who are starting up their own ventures, they think that just sitting at home and writing down your plans on a piece of paper is enough. And that's not it. That's definitely going to be the, the planning phase is very important. Gaining an initial excitement about what you're doing is very important. And most people fail at that point. So they, they just they just write everything down. They get excited about it. They ask their friends and family for money to start it. And then somebody says no. And that, you know, then they'll, they'll back away. They'll be very discouraged. And a lot of things fail at that point. But what a lot of folks miss, and this is the scariest part of any type of venture, is action. So you, you do the planning, you get yourself ready, and then you act. And I always tell folks that no matter what you want to do in life, that you need to actually just, just start doing it. Don't think that you need to you know take 100 courses to learn about this stuff. You, you, you can just like it's trial by fire, right? And those are the most successful people is this trial by fire. They're not afraid to fail. And other people on the outside might you know put them down for it. But, you know, the people who put others down for failing are usually the ones who don't try anything themselves. And that's not to be harsh. And I'm not attacking anybody personally. But it's just that that's it. So, like, when I when I uh, come into this podcast game about two or so years ago, I knew nothing about it. Now, I, I talk for a living. I, I do the tours. I tell stories. That's my thing. I like writing as well. But... I was very new to the podcast game and knowing that there's a podcast out there for everything, billions of podcasts right now, it's quite saturated of a market that the best thing you can do is feel comfortable with your situation. So when I started Ghost Guy Daniel, it felt good, but I thought maybe I wasn't getting enough traction because I, I, I would love a lar larger audience. I, I think any podcaster would say that exact same thing. No matter what their audience is, they would love a larger audience. They'd like to keep building that, get some momentum. And I would love to do this as a side gig on top of the tour. So my goal is to build it up. 
So when I'm doing Ghost Guy Daniel, it wasn't getting as much traction as I wanted. I thought switching to Ghostly History would add that, you know, that that push that it needed. Because as I mentioned, you know, search engine optimization, the title Ghostly History says more about what's being talked about. But what I ended up doing is not only did I not get the traction I was hoping for, but I also put myself into a, a container. Because ghostly history as a title means that if I talk about anything other than ghosts in history, people are going to be upset. And that's not who I am. So it doesn't feel comfortable. So Ghost Guy Daniel, which is the original name of the podcast, if you're new and you didn't know that, that's what I started out as just over two years ago. Uh, I've gone back to the original numbering process. I believe the current episode that I'm doing is number 135. So I've done 135 shows. And it just feels better because I can talk about anything. And this episode's kind of a proof of that. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, that's that's fine as well. But I'm just trying to see, like, what makes me most comfortable? How You know, I, like, what type of brand do I want to create for this podcast? And in turn, what allows me to do whatever I want that feels right for the show? And Ghost Guy Daniel is just a much more uh, encompassing term than ghostly history. So I can actually go into the um, the dark history on an episode. I can go into spiritual stuff on an episode, which this one will feature some of that. But this one also features ghosts in history as well. So it just it just gives me what I want. So hopefully it's not too flaky from your point of view and that you'll forgive me for being this way but the the good news is that the facebook discussion page actually let me change the title it let you do it once a month or something don't worry i'm not going to do this again I'm, I'm stuck on ghost guy daniel this is where i'm staying i know i promised you that before but believe me i i swear i'll change blah 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 <laughs> it, the, the facebook discussion page is still open still the same so it's just now uh group slash ghost guy daniel instead of ghostly history but if you search Ghost Guy Daniel on Facebook, it should pop up. Actually, it should uh, Ghost Guy Daniel should pop up, but as well as Gigi Daniel. Uh, I think I made a Gigi Daniel for the discussion page, which just, you know, looks cooler to me. But we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that's the note. That's the reason why I changed back. And I promise, 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 promise that it won't change again. So I watched a documentary. I was looking forward to this when I originally saw it. It's on Amazon Prime for my Canadian listeners, for any other country that's listening. Uh, just do a search. It's called Ghosts and the Afterlife. Ghosts and the Afterlife. Now, I was very intrigued by this title because I'm one of a few people. Like, people get into the paranormal, they do investigation, they, you know, seek out ghosts and proof. Or they get into the spiritual side of things or the religious side of things and they talk about the afterlife, what happens after we die. So they, they are interconnected, like they're very closely weaved together, but not a lot of people, they, they put them together. And I've always found that they're just one and the same. So when you talk about ghosts, you're basically also talking about the afterlife. But they don't say it, they just say ghosts, you know, what happens after we die, and they leave it at that. So I see this documentary, it looked off the bat that it was going to be uh, not only talking about ghost stories, ghostly occurrence and spooky things, 
but it was also going to discuss, you know, the more um, like philosophical debate around what happens after we die. And I was just, I was, I was all for that. Now, if anybody here has ever watched, there's a streaming service called Gaia, G-A-I-A. This is a very cool service. I was subscribed to it a year or so ago, but I wasn't getting enough value from it to, you know, warrant the subscription. So I ended up backing away. I might go back to it again. There's a ton of content on there. And some of it's very uh, high quality and some of it's not so much. But it, it is filled with a lot of very deep thinkers and smart people. And it was where I learned about uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza and uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton, which I highly recommend if you don't know who they are, look up their stuff. Here are medical uh, PhD doctors who have kind of drank the Kool-Aid, for lack of a better term, when it comes to the spiritual stuff. So uh, getting into quantum physics seems to be, this is the science, quantum physics seems to be the science that is going to connect us with the spiritual. So science and spiritual have always been kind of in their own containers, their own their own fields, but now they, they, they seem to be merging a bit. And I love that. I love that thought because them merging together means eventually we could have some type of proof for the spiritual and some type of proof for quote-unquote ghosts. So that's a very important thing. So uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Dr. Joe Dispenza, definitely look them up. So getting into this, I thought maybe it'd be similar to what I had seen on Gaia. I was wrong. I was very wrong about this. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not the best of documentaries that I've ever seen. It was uh, cheesy at points. The special effects were just horrific on the level, if anybody remembers the show Creepy Canada. Yeah, Creepy Canada was a lot of fun, but the special effects, <laughs> not the strong suit, not the strong suit. So the production value was low. I was watching. I wasn't a fan of the host at the beginning. She kind of grew on me a, a bit as as the show went on. But from the beginning, she's a paranormal investigator. I, I forget her name. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, at the beginning, it just seemed like she was reading off a script and feel real to me. She didn't really feel excited about it. But then as it went on, it got better. But then the background music throughout the whole thing was just way too high. So they they, they, they cranked it up to 11 for the background music. And so like some people were talking and it would be like, yes, uh, ghosts are very important. Do, 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 do. And it was just you couldn't you couldn't focus on what they were saying at some points. So, yeah, no, there was a lot of things that needed to be fixed. I think anybody with just a a small amount of interest in producing shows would have known not to do that. So I think it was probably more of an amateur thing, is my guess. Uh, The host never felt, seemed comfortable as well, so maybe they should have gotten somebody who was a little more comfortable on camera. Uh, And when it comes to this kind of thing, a scripted host, I think, ruins it. A long time ago, I actually auditioned to be a host for a paranormal show. I forget the name of the show, but it only lasted about one season because it didn't have me. Not as it sounds so egotistical, uh, but they did. They, 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 you know, when you're when you're hosting any type of paranormal show, you want to come off as real. The host has to be engaging, has to be laid back, has to be talking from the heart and not a script. 
because if the host is fake right off the bat, just talking from a script, then you immediately don't believe everything else. This is something that's not talked about in the world of the paranormal. You get these these ghost shows, and the best ghost shows, the one that lasted forever, were the ones that were hosted by the talent, not the talent, sorry, the investigators. So these are real people that are going out and investigating ghosts. Think Ghost Hunters, think Paranormal State with Ryan Buell. You know, the, these were folks that were actually in the field, and it was their team that was being featured. It never felt scripted. So it's almost like uh, the cameras would turn on and you were getting a personal view of their life and that's what's being presented to you. So when you have a, a host who's on the outside of this, who's almost reading from a script, it loses its, its reality factor and people will not believe it as much. So if I'm going to go in and do a show, and this is how I approached it, uh, they never really said it, but I was, I was very overweight back then. And I don't think I would have shown well on camera. Uh, I believe that was the reason why, because they actually told me that I was one of the top candidates. And then they just ended up going with uh, the investigator who was related to the show itself. So the one who was doing it, it, Paranormal Home Inspection. That was the name of the show. Uh, if you guys, you guys can look it up. It was based out of Toronto. It was uh, uh, paranormal groups going into supposed haunted houses that were for sale on the real estate market. So you'd have the paranormal side of it, and then you'd also have an actual home inspector, and then they would come together to prove whether the place was haunted. That was the name of the show, because I remember I actually went to a house that was for sale to do my audition, and we would walk around the house, and there was certain things that you had to like reveal that were... It was actually pretty legit. I, they never asked me to do anything that wasn't kind of a legit ghostly thing they seem to be very dedicated to I'm, I'm unfortunate i'm sorry that it didn't last longer than it did paranormal home inspection inspection that was the name of the show so yeah no uh what was my original point <laughs> you got to be real you got to be real it's got to have that realistic feel to it and if you don't have that people are just not going to believe any of it especially in a sec secular country like canada so uh, getting back to the documentary, it explored some very interesting thoughts when it comes to the spiritual and philosophy. And one of the first ones that it explored, I've talked a little bit on the show in the past about this, is the idea of reincarnation. Now, I'm 100% on board with this. 100% on board with this because it just makes sense to me. I, it's very hard to explain in words. I'm probably going to do a terrible job of trying, but let me let me just okay. When you look at life in general, reality in general, you notice that there's certain patterns that emerge. So certain things that are occurring around you also can occur inside of you. And a very basic example of this is just the idea that the vibrating atoms and everything of reality is also the vibrating atoms that create us. So everything seems to be on the same level, just at different frequencies, at different, you know, mass, at different, uh, you know, levels of coming into that three dimensional space that we all recognize reality to be. Uh, so knowing that things do repeat on different levels when you tell me that that energy that makes up your consciousness today the way you see the world is recycled and comes back in a different form but in another life 
So the idea of having past lives, it's not 100% who you are today, but there's enough of you to give consciousness to how you're seeing the world and who you are in this lifetime is the same as your previous lifetimes, however many you lived before coming into form, and will be the same for future lifetimes, whatever your consciousness will take on in the future. Makes sense to me. I know from from some point of view, some people are thinking, thinking that sounds super flaky. It, it does. I mean, unfortunately, everything related to the unknown, related to spirituality and paranormal can be considered flaky when you look at it from a purely material-based scientific mind. And that's the mistake. There's so much more to realize beyond uh, science, beyond organized religion, there's just so much more with reality. I think it's naturally within us to see it and to know what feels right and what feels wrong. It's the same way you know uh, from a moral standpoint uh, that hurting others or hurting animals is wrong. You know, you don't need to be taught that. The majority of people, they feel that it's wrong. Uh, so yeah, no, they, when you say the idea of reincarnation, I 100% believe in that. I am uh, completely on board. So they do approach that from one point of view. Um, that energy is what makes up everything and that it can be brought back in different forms. Now, when it comes to limited belief, it dove into the, uh, they call it the allegory of the cave. And it was the idea that if a bunch of people are trapped or, or kept inside of a cave, and that they just had, you know, like drawings or whatever, that it's just a limited view. They don't see all of reality for what it is. So in our current mindset, coming from, you know, two, three, four, six thousand years of history, is the belief was in gods controlling everything. You know, the Christian belief of the old man with the long beard in the sky who created it all and is now, you know, intelligently controlling everything it's very limited. And I think originally religion was created uh, as, a, as a form of control. So uh, that limited view of reality uh, were definitely more informed today than they were back then. Yet sometimes that limited view still exists. But even science, in a way, is, is a closed-minded limited view. So the difference between closed and open is the open-minded will never put down anything they hear. No matter how ridiculous it sounds, you can still state, well, maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't. I don't have enough knowledge to be able to say either instead of just saying, oh, that's nothing or that's ridiculous because you've heard somebody else say it in the past. So having a limited view in, in this allegory is the same thing as having a closed mind. I always say to everybody, I said, no matter what, whether you believe in ghosts or not, deep down, just keep an open mind towards it. Because you never know when something's going to come along, like with quantum physics, where it's going to prove something related to ghosts. Now, it's not; it might not be what you've seen in the horror movies. You might still say, okay, it's not even close to that. But what there might be something slightly related to it that's going to change your views where you say, no, it's just completely ridiculous. So the allegory of cave being stuck in a cave and just seeing what's around you is a closed-minded view and even though we um, have access to knowledge on levels that have never been in human history 
it's almost you know unlimited knowledge that exists in the world today thanks to you know libraries and the internet and such that people will still keep their limited views because maybe it's a comfort thing maybe it's a fear thing like some people are skeptics against ghosts because they're afraid if ghosts are real they'd be scared of it so they stay back on that so i always tell people i was like you don't have to fully believe you can state that i i don't know for sure but that you know maybe i'll learn something in the future towards it if i ever gain an interest in looking into the into it more like me personally this is a huge interest for me so over the years i've studied everything that i can study in relation to spiritualities and the paranormal so for me this is this is something that i was meant to do but if you're not meant to do it you might not care to put in the time to study you have your own passions you have your own interests but just because you've never heard and you never studied it you don't feel like studying it doesn't mean that you need to put it down and say that it's not true like I'll, I'll say that about anything out there like christianity is not a passion of mine and i do know some stuff about it i do know some stuff about the bible but i wouldn't consider myself a religious person but i'm not going to you know seek out more information about it because it's not something i'm interested in this might change in the future but for now i can just state okay i don't know whether the christian god is a real god i don't know if there's any validity to that if the bible is true stories or if it's just um, uh, lessons that were being taught in story form like through stories themselves so you know traditional storytelling i don't know i don't know any of that or based on real events and they just did fictional accounts to teach lessons i don't know so i'll just sit back and say i don't know but i'm not going to say it's not true i'm not going to demean anybody else's belief in it just because i don't know i haven't done the study into it i haven't 100 percent proven it either way so that's 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 where i come i wasn't alive or unless you know maybe i was uh reincarnated from whenever adam and eve existed and but deep down it doesn't feel like i was so i'm gonna say uh, i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm gonna keep an open mind to it if somebody comes along with information that's very interesting to me I'm going to listen with an open mind. Now, they also use this term that I had been talking about this type of psychic ability for many, many years, but I didn't really understand it until they said the name clairsentience. Uh, clairsentience is the idea of being able to just feel energy around you. So it's not clairaudience. It's not clairvoyance where you, you see things. Audiences hear things. Uh, what's the one where you feel things? Claire touching? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, clairsentience is the idea that you just kind of read the energy around you. And I believe we all have that. Uh, I've, I've gone into haunted places where I felt the energy of a location, especially it's a very negative and very restless. And that's clairsentience, but I didn't really know the term until I watched the show. So the show taught me something. Even though it was kind of ridiculous at the beginning and I wasn't 100% sure that it would give me any type of value. It at least gave me that. It gave me some philosophical points of view. And it you know, looked into reincarnation, which I find very interesting. So there was a lot of value in this show. So I will impart that to you, even though the beginning does seem to be a little bit cheesy. Uh, give it a chance. So clairsentience is something that I fully believe in, that I believe we all have the ability to do this. 
as long as you are open-minded to it and you build up your sensitivity to it. So if you're not being put down by a closed-minded belief, you're not being put down by a terrible diet, which I haven't talked about yet, I might talk about in the future now that I'm Ghost Guy Daniel again, not Ghostly History. If you are, um, you know, uh, lack of inflammation in your body, which also affects your mind and affects your, your energy, your ability to connect to everything around you, if you don't have that, you are more sense, uh, sensitive to the things going on energetically in your space. So if, if with that kind of ability and with that kind of health, if you walk into a haunted place that's very restless, you're going to feel it more. Not only going to be able to think quicker and uh, you know just be better overall and feel more happy in life, but you're also going to be connected to the energies around you. And I would I would say that if you're if you're healthy in that level, it is much easier to believe in the unseen things of spirituality, and hence why meditation is such a big thing. Is it's you reconnecting with your energy, and all the uh, the the best meditators and monks and spiritual teachers out there usually have a very healthy diet. I'm not saying that they're all vegetarians. Like me personally, I can't be vegetarian for some reason. It's it's very unhealthy for me. But uh, sorry, vegan, vegans, vegetarians, fine, but vegan, you have to have some kind of animal fat in your diet. But if you go beyond that, and you're, you know, eating a lot of sugars and whatnot, you gain the inflammation, and then that breaks down your ability to read energy around you, because you're more stuck in your physical body, because you're dealing with pain on a regular basis. Again, this is, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying it 100%, but this is what I've learned over the years. This is what I felt personally coming from the paranormal home inspection uh, fat guy that I used to be. <laughs> to, today, I'm still not you know, the healthiest person in the world, but I'm definitely more healthy than, than back then. Who knows? Maybe I would have got the job. But uh, yeah, so see, uh, so clairsentience is something we can all build up. It is probably the most popular of all the psychic abilities. So what about the ghostly stuff? This is uh, this is the, the the meat of the show, and I'm sorry to say I, I am just so jaded. I must be a jaded person because I look at these situations and I'm always breaking them down and thinking, you know, this is just this, this is cringe. Has anybody seen the uh, preview for the new Exorcist movie that's coming out? I, I went to see a great horror movie recently called Talk to Me. It's an Australian horror movie. Uh, spectacular highly recommend it and that's very rare for me to recommend a modern horror movie because usually they're cheesy uh, this one was great but there was a preview at the beginning for the new exorcist uh, quote-unquote remake that they're doing has nothing to do with the original story and it just looks like a cash grab to me but I, I look at this and I say okay I don't know if I'm jaded just because I have such a high standard when it comes to this stuff but it just look I, I got like what's the, what's the term douche chills, yeah douche chills, in my body when I was watching it, seeing the little kids trying to be even half as good as Linda Blair was in the original Exorcist, and the stuff that they were saying, it's just oh I can't even think about it. It's so bad. Am I jaded? Have if you haven't seen the preview, just uh, go look it up on YouTube right now. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Come come on the Facebook, the Gigi Daniel podcast, Facebook discussion page, and tell me whether I'm right or wrong. 
you know, I'm going to post it. I'm going to post, I'll make a note right now to post that trailer and I'm going to get people to tell me if it's cheesy or not. So it's hard to when you see these, these uh, ghost photos and ghost videos without immediately needing to break them down. Um, they, they weren't all terrible. The one that really creeped me out the most, I'm going to start with the good and then get into the other stuff, is the there's a Savannah Cemetery ghost video that they feature. So this happened in uh, 2008, and it was a video taken by a person named Jesse Greathouse. And they, they're filming the cemetery in the, the town of Savannah, Georgia, in the United States. And you can see some people walking in the distance. And then you see it's almost like the little kid. And it looks like he's glowing. This little boy just kind of runs out in the distance from a back path. And you're thinking, okay, that's just a, a, that's just a boy. It must be how the sun is shining down. So I wasn't 100% sure on it. But then as he goes past, he goes behind the people who are walking. You just see him jump into the tree, like unnaturally jump into a tree, climb up a bit, jump down, and then run off and disappear. And it's just like like what you might see in an alien movie. It doesn't make any sense. It's completely unnatural. So if it wasn't for the jumping into the tree part, I would have just thought, okay, that's a real boy. It's just a boy walking in the distance that has a weird glow to him, probably because of the way the sun's shining. But then the jumping in the tree. And when you're looking at it, it's old footage. Old as in 2008, not super old. Uh, so older footage. And as well, uh, nobody else is reacting to it. So it's not like, you know, somebody's just like playing around. Nobody else is just like these strangers are walking. It's like they can't even see it because they're not reacting to it. So that has validity. That one freaked me out. So that was the, I think that was the first one they showed. But then there was other ones that they showed and it ruined it for me because like there's one where a little girl was just sitting at a table and she's doing her homework or something and then some papers start blowing around and the way the little girl reacted to it, um, you know, the way that she, you know, screamed, it was like a fake sounding scream. I don't know if they just added that in, but the little girl's reaction to it and the way she, it it was, it was staged, a hundred percent staged. And I don't care how many more at this point, if there's one of them that's staged and you can't see that, I think it hurts the validity of the complete documentary. Uh, there was same with another one. Uh, this supposed worker in India it was sleeping in a bed and he had another guy sleeping in a bed beside him. And then so you see the door open as if somebody walked in and then he's lifted completely up in the air. That's too over the top, man. That's just way too much. So those two, they're 100% staged. And the fact that they included it kind of ruins the whole documentary. I think they have to be extra careful. There's people watching this. They want to completely believe. And the more believable it is, the scarier it becomes. Because then you start thinking this stuff is real. And you're not just watching a cheesy horror movie. So it just it, it ruins it. Uh, now, the one I wasn't 100% sure on, they had these video footages uh, footage of floating objects and there was one where a, a orange tea box I think it was in a store floats off the shelf and then falls to the floor now I can see the person the worker who was in the video didn't really react to it it was happening behind him uh, and when it fell he seemed confused if I remember correctly uh, which adds validity to it 
because that's I think that's how I would react in the same type of situation. You ask the question, how would I react in that situation? And that's how most people would react. And I've heard these stories. I featured some on the podcast in the past is the idea of people catching in the action of items being moved around. But most of the time you hear of things being moved, like something will disappear, like say a teacup, for example, and then it will appear somewhere else. And you knew for a fact that it wasn't there. There's validity to that. So in the olden days, it would just be something would move from one place to another and it would be avoiding living beings eyes but nowadays with security cameras we're watching everything so i do see it possible that this could be caught on camera and that it actually occurred so if you watch the yeah pay close attention to the tea box that comes off the shelf in the in the shop in the grocery store it seems valid to me and that kind of freaks me out that something like that's even possible but it does seem valid to me believable so the documentary starts going down and talking about um, haunted places and histories with that. It seems they sprinkled that information throughout. So that seems to be their main focus is the ghost stories and the haunted places that are around the world as a facility to prove that this stuff is real. Now, one of the ones that, you know, just the idea of it freaks me, even though the ghost stories connected to it don't seem to be very valid. Or even if the tree itself has the history that people claimed it did, is something known as the Hanging Tree of Calabasas. Have you heard of this? It's in the state of California, in the United States. I don't think it's too far from Los Angeles, but it's almost like this old west town. Yes, California being part of the old west, more the Mexican side of the old west, but it's kind of like this old west historic towns. They film a lot of movies there, TV shows. And they have this historic thing of a tree with a supposed history. Now, when the show covered it, I guess they hadn't done a lot of research on it because I just assumed it was still there. I look at these old photos of this beautiful, massive tree with these strong branches that come out. So the rumor states that back in the old West days is that they would take the criminals of back then and they hang them from this tree. So if you look at the old photos of this 200-year-old tree and its massive branches, I could see that being possible. I mean, you could probably put two or three bodies up on there, regular-sized folks, and that branch would not collapse. So I see that, and I say, okay, there's validity to this, that this could have been the hanging tree. But then you find out it's currently not there anymore. That, that hurt me inside because I was like, I want to visit this tree one time, and you realize that this 200, 250-year-old tree no longer exists. So they say that um, because of the hangings that happened there and the number of men who died on those branches, that the legend uh, sprouted <laughs> sprouted from uh, this tree, and that that's the reason why it's so haunted. So quick history, uh, it was a 200, 250-year-old tree, uh, supposedly people were hanged from it, going back to the Wild West days, which if you don't know, that would have been from the late 1800s to the early 1900s, a time of much violence, you know, people carrying guns in the streets, uh, gun duels happening all the time, the times of guys like Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and all those fun names. So that tree stood there throughout time it saw all of this history 
And it wasn't up until the 1960s that a gas company decides to run a gas pipe through the through the roots of the tree, and they inadvertently killed it. So the gas company puts the pipe through, and that destroys the tree. So uh, the tree sits there as a dead tree for the longest time. So from the 1960s to the year 1995, when a storm comes through, and I guess the tree had brittled enough that it took apart the branches. So all the branches where the people hanged, taken apart, gone. So they, because it had a historic significance to the town, they kept the 20-foot-high trunk of the tree with no branches. So it was um, safe, safe, safe from 1995 until the year 2017, which is what, 22 years? So it sits there for 22 years without being touched as a historic mine, and then they removed it. And I'm not sure why. I mean, don't we have the technology to kind of like, because they said it was deemed a hazard, but couldn't they have like sealed it somehow? I don't know, put some glass walls around it, kept it as a tourism thing, because I would have wanted to see it, even though it's not 100% proven that people were hanged off the branches. I still wouldn't want to see it because it's taken on this whole energy of itself. But they removed it 2017 which is only what, like six years ago. And, you know, you, you think they'd want that tourism and you could easily make it safe, but they decided not to. So I don't understand that at all. But maybe one of the reasons why is because it's talked about a lot as a haunted place, but nobody gives any ghost stories. And this is very frustrating to me because people say, yeah, it's super haunted and super scary. And it has a really interesting history if people were actually hanged from it. I can say, you know, it's not a lot of natural phenomenon like trees that have these ghosts attached to it in that form. And very rarely can you point at a tree and say, yeah, that's the one where they hung people from, hanged people from. So I, I would think that, you know, we'd have some kind of ghost stories, but there isn't. Tried. I researched. You know, even the documentary wasn't was very, uh, like, over the top with what was going on there. And it just seemed like they were just making that stuff up. So in the end, the legend didn't live up to the hype. Still sad to see it removed because it was a unique thing. But uh, yeah, so you look it up. If anybody does find any ghost stories, please shoot them over. I'll feature it in a future episode. The Hanging Tree of Calabasas, California. A couple of final things I want to mention before I end the show. Uh, First off, in one of the interviews of the documentary, a random woman who was talking about her own ghostly experience, uh, she said something that kind of resonated with me that I don't agree with, but it resonated. She says, as embarrassing as it is to admit, I believe in ghosts. And I hate that. I hate that because I know exactly what she means, but I don't want it to be true. Uh, I, I don't feel embarrassed anymore. Some of you will probably not feel embarrassed anymore if you've been in this world, if you believe as much as you do, if you're open about it with your friends and family. I mean, yeah, you probably received some ribbing for it or how can you believe in that kind of crazy stuff? But to say that it's embarrassing, it it bothers me, especially when they're talking to an American woman because in the States, it is more accepted down there than it is in Canada. So if she's embarrassed by it, then I can only imagine how people feel up here. Although it is slowly changing as people become more and more spiritual. But um, yeah, for lack of a better term, just out yourselves. Do it. Who cares? Tell your family and friends, I believe in ghosts. 
and Ghost Guy Daniel on the Ghost Guy Daniel podcast don't want me to tell you that I believe in ghosts. And if they laugh at you, then they're just very close-minded people. So I'm hoping one day that this will change. People will be less embarrassed about it. And I can keep telling ghost stories for the rest of my life, and people will love it. And the last thing I want to mention is, have you guys heard of James Von Prague? If you haven't, uh, he is a fellow. His, his biggest claim to fame is um, Jennifer Love Hewitt's performance on Ghost Whisperer is based on his life. Uh, why he picked Jennifer Love Hewitt, I don't know if he had any, <laughs> any, uh, any input into the casting of that show, Ghost Whisperer. Uh, but yeah, no, anyway, great show. Highly recommend it. Uh, he was interviewed in this documentary. So he's like one of the more famous names that they featured in it. And he gave a really fun thought. Uh, the idea that we don't believe in ghosts because you don't see them directly in front of you. It's not something material that you can put your hands on it. But then his comparison was the idea of oxygen. And if you look at it from an outside view, air, wind, this invisible substance that keeps everything alive, every, all animals and people alive, being invisible, like standing out and feeling the wind on your face, but you're not seeing anything at all, that's, that's a ridiculous thought. You know, as, as if you look at it from an outsider's point of view of somebody learning about oxygen for the very first time, they would think it's ridiculous. And those who think that ghosts are ridiculous, that there's you know, n not possible for there to be leftover energy from a human being that existed on this world for you know, 60, 70, 80 years, that something couldn't get left behind, especially an emotional event, which is a high level of energy, but that you know, you know air and wind exist. You know there's radio waves in the world there's Wi-Fi signals which my computer is running off currently as I speak that you know these exist and they're completely invisible to human sight but to say that you know a, a person can't leave something like this behind I, I see the connection there so when James said that I never really thought about it from that point of view and it just it opened my mind to new things so he, even after 20 years of studying the paranormal and, and telling and reading ghost stories and really like delving into it deeply as a passion of mine that I still can be taught something new. It says something about the world in general that no matter how much of an expert that you think you are, that there's still something out there that you don't know and that eventually you might hear it and it's going to blow your mind. So when you, when, when close minded folks say ghosts just don't exist and that's it, it's very close-minded, and they're not experiencing life in the best possible way. And I will say it until I am blue in the face that the best way to live your life is to be open-minded, to have uh, very little judgment towards others and beliefs until you know for sure. You can, you can have feelings about things, but there's no reason to judge it. There's no reason to say that that's 100% not true, uh, that you can look into it more if you want or if you don't. Just keep an open mind to it. Because somebody's going to come along like James Von Prague and throw something at you that's going to blow your mind and you're going to be so happy that you were able to listen to it and accept it into your life. Anyway, that's the show, everyone. I'm so happy we're back as Ghost Guy Daniel. I hope you are as well. Uh, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you again in two weeks' time. <laughs>